Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters. Um, This is Lisa and I'm here with Katie and we are doing season six, episode four, I Know What You Did. Of of 90 Day Fiance. Of 90 Day Fiance, yes. 90 Day Fiance. And this episode aired on Sunday, November 11th, 2018. Um, but first, the people of 90 Day have been busy, or their <laughs> towns at least, um, also. Uh, first, we have some interesting, like, on-the-ground news about uh, Colt and Larissa. You mean Colty? Colty and yes, Colty and Larissa. I don't know if you have, uh, any of you have read recently or heard about uh, Larissa's recent arrest of domestic battery against Colty. Is this, by the way, when, when we realized this had happened, the first thought that came into my mind was like, oh, this is becoming so trite. This is happening all the time. But actually, has this happened in the 90-day world as opposed to just like in the general D-list celebrity world? I don't know. I don't remember Because you hear about this happening in general. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I, I, but you know, to be fair, I hadn't paid attention. Yeah, well, I would have been paying attention, but I have this m- magnificent ability to just forget absolutely everything. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I mean, it's just certainly happened in the reality world. Yes. I'm trying oh, to remember sure. like specific ones. I can't think of anything. But, but this, there's, it's just so common. So this is interesting. I read up on this. I did a little bit of a deep dive on this one. Good, good. And apparently the fight started because Colty wanted Larissa to stop posting pictures of the two of them on social media because he wanted to preserve the the status of their relationship for the 90-day airings. So he he didn't want her posting it in real time because then people would know, oh, this is what happens. Kind of like on The Bachelor, where they're not allowed to see each other for the months between filming and airing. So he didn't want her to post with him. That makes sense. And so I'm surprised she, she wasn't contractually forbidden from posting. Or, you know, I'm surprised he had to be the one to like police that. Yeah, I feel like T- we've talked about those. TLC's got like low rent. They're not there yet. Yeah, they're not there. Okay, they haven't arrived. And so apparently it, it escalated into like an argument or enough of a fight that he apologized to her and she refused to accept his apology. So he, quote unquote, damage, there was damage done to the inside of the apartment. That okay. kind of, I don't know if he threw something or I wonder what. if they still live with Debbie, by the way, in real There's life. There's no mention of her. Yeah, I bet in they the moved article. Out. So I'm not out. sure what happened, but she, she, he got really upset and threw something or whatever. And then he took her phone. Hmm. And I'm not sure how she did it, but she was writing, um, she posted cry for help sort of posts um, using her Insta bio. Not really sure. I don't know she what did that. that. Is. I don't know if she did that on a computer or iPad or what she did, but he took her Alexa, phone. maybe. So she started to do that, and fans got worried and called the police. Oh my god! I That's know. So meta, right? And so she went and she has her mugshot. Um, 
And then they reduced her bail to like $1,000 and she was released the same day. And she has a court hearing on December 11th. They're not sure um, if they have enough evidence to actually pursue a charge of battery against her, domestic battery. So it's still, I don't know what's going to happen on December 11th, but that's her next hearing date. I don't understand like what she allegedly did. I mean... I'm sure like she hit him or slapped him or pushed him I wonder what the details are I'll I'll look into it and then I feel like you know people called the police and the police get there and then they're both like well she pushed me or she hit me or she scratched me I know but I thought in those situations both people got arrested it depends it really depends and if the guy if he has like a visible scratch yeah that would help and she doesn't you know um so anyway allegedly apparently allegedly they're still together because Colt has been posting on his Instagram old pictures of him and Larissa and saying like throwback with a heart and people are surmising that they are still together. That's actually really surprising to me. I have to admit because things have been such a train wreck right from the beginning, I have been pretty confident that they really were not even going to make it to the end of the season. Kind of like Darcy and Darcy and Jesse's style, you know, even by their first yeah. reunion, even though somehow they ended up having a second reunion, but that's not neither here nor there. You know, by the first reunion, they were like completely broke down. Basically. But it could be that they're just really committed to like being on the show. That's and the question. The money because it's bizarre. I just think the whole thing is bizarre. And then, so that is that piece of uh, knowledge that dropped this week. The other thing is, I don't know if any of you listeners are up on um, the viral picture, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about that one. Yeah, this was a viral photo that hit my newsfeed. I think it was Monday. Um, And it's essentially a a picture of several, several boys. I think it's upwards of 50 boys um, in you know, very formal attire. I think they were going to prom and they're all posing on, I think, a set of stairs. Um, yeah, it was on the courthouse. In a, oh, Jesus. Because that's where they were having the prom. <laughs> oh my they were God, at the, that makes it even worse. At the Sauk County Courthouse. Okay, so that adds a new a new flavor. Um, so they're standing on the courthouse. They're basically posing for a prom picture, but they're all, or not all, but most of them, the vast majority of them, are raising their arms in a Heil Hitler Nazi (laughs) salute, which is like the universal Hitler salute. There's no other meaning for this, as far as I know. Um, And, you know, it's kind of obviously a symbol of the Nazi regime and the Holocaust. And, you know, I think that the general public reaction was that it was sort of the result of the climate of prejudice and hatred that has been um, created under the current administration, presidential administration. And it was very, very dark. And, and that, of course, that's why the news media picked up on it. But the, the reason it's relevant to us, other than, of course, something like that is relevant to all of us, is because the boys were going to the prom in Baraboo, Wisconsin. <laughs> Home of Eric and Leda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I couldn't believe that. They, and it was not only in Baraboo, but it was the Baraboo High School. Yeah, I mean, this is just straight Stop. up like Eric's homeland. And, you know, and I, of course, Leda and her son are people of color. But that's not the thing, I think, that makes it relevant to us. I think what makes it relevant to us is that we kind of joked when we first met Eric. You and I joked, you know, when, when he first showed up on the show that he was sort of this stereotype in a way and 
whether that's true, whether that's accurate or not, obviously we don't know him, but kind of the pro-America, pro-military. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether he actually voted for Trump, but he sort of looks like the stereotypical Trump voter. And the fact that his town is now embroiled in this scandal mm-hmm. is really telling, I think. And it's obviously going to make Leda and Alessandro feel even less comfortable living there. I mean, significantly less comfortable, I would say, as people of color. Sure, of course. I mean, the school district and the school, I looked at this and they have the good sense to be mortified and ashamed of I that this so. happened. And, and there was one, um, so I'm part of this group on Facebook um, and one of the women is Jewish and she actually reached out to the one, there was one boy, I mean, there was a couple of them, there were but one boy in particular was in the top right hand corner and his name's Jordan Blue and she found him on Facebook because he did not raise his hand and salute and he's very obviously uncomfortable and like his arms are straight down to the sides and um, he has gone very publicly and said that he thought it was ridiculous and while he knew that his classmates were joking he thought it was in poor taste and he thought it was totally offensive and so he didn't participate and so she reached out and sent him an email um, through Messenger and was just like thank you for having the courage to not participate in this and he apparently is um, LGBT and is very um, is an advocate and in involved in those organizations and so she it was very sweet like she sent him this note and she posted what she'd sent and he responded right away and thanked her for her support and um I don't know it was really it was sweet it was nice to hear that there are there is a group and even schoolmates that are like appalled and disgusted by well of course there are you know well yeah but you know you, you they could be silent on the issue and not say anything no, no, I know. I'm not diminishing your point. I just, this to me is the the problem with all of this is that it's going to be so easy for either side of the table here to still remain in an echo chamber, you know, right. even, even after this thing that's, it's like, to me, it's like a bomb went off. I mean, that is, that is a big deal that yeah. kids that age are, you know, are involving themselves in this climate, in this mm-hmm. way. And I think that people on the liberal side and people on the conservative side can easily use something like this to their advantage and still have learned nothing about what the other side has to say. You know, so someone who's very, very liberal, for example, might look at this picture and say, oh, my God, Baraboo is all racists. Wisconsin is all racists or anti-Semites or whatever. And that doesn't help anything because, of course, that's not accurate. That's an insane thing to say to make a generalization like that. And unfortunately, generalizations become essentially the main form of discourse when you have such animosity on either side. And that's what's happening. And all I can hope is that those guys learn from what has occurred here. You know, just learn sort of every consequence of their actions, you know, so that they can choose choose again. Choose wisely. Yeah. Next time. Because you can always choose again. All right, so that and is so our... so dark. That's so dark. I know, we ended on such a dark note. And... No, but and now we're going to continue. I literally wrote under like the, you know, as my first note of this episode, we need to lighten this shit up. I... It is just bleak. I know. Like last episode, I felt, I felt heavy, you know? I, I know. Need, I need some, some, some laughter. Levity. Yeah, levity, come on. All right, well, we have... 
our own version of the odd couple with Larissa <laughs> and Debbie. Um, oh. Because they're home together now all the time since Colty is at work. And um, I'm sorry, I have to start here. Okay. And I've mentioned this in the last episode because it came up with Fernanda that she was like home alone and sad. Mm. And it's this whole like trope of 90 Day Fiance. My issue is this I'm a stay at home mom. Okay. Yes, I have two children to take care of. But, you know, my son is in daycare and my daughter is a meatloaf. I mean, she's six months old. She just sleeps basically. And when she's up, she's just like rolling around on the floor. She's in her bouncer and I'm interacting with her. But, you know, she's only up for like three or four hours a day total. So I have a lot of time. And I fill my day so easily. I have so many chores. I have so many errands. Like, how, how do these people not manage to find something productive to do with their day without well, having a job? Like, I don't get it. Well, it's, I, I can kind of understand. I mean, first of all, she's in a place she doesn't know. And yeah, but there's always laundry to be done. There's always cleaning to be done. Yeah. There's always a library to go to. They don't have any furniture, though. Although I mean, she doesn't have a vehicle. Cleaning. Yeah, she doesn't have a car. She doesn't have any... I mean, there's not much to clean. I mean, I'm sure she can vacuum, but I mean, how long does that take? And, yeah. And they have a small place, and like I said, no furniture. And Take an online course. Read a book, you know? I don't yeah, know. No. I guess I'm just being super judgmental. I should stop. It's no, not, no, no, it's no. Not a good, but I, not a I mean... I mean, I could fill my days. Yeah. And, but, like... Maybe it's not true. Maybe this is just one of those, like, I didn't, I production don't know. things. But it could be a thing, too. Like, I imagine myself visiting, like, a friend in a different state or something and staying with them for a week. And while they're at work, I'm just kind of like, what am I doing? Yeah, because that's true. Because you're so out of your term. element. I'm at home in my house. Yeah, you're in your house. You yeah. know what needs to get done. And I don't have my mother-in-law, like tottering although I love my mother-in-law but in this yeah, case I know. you know I don't have her like toddling around you know in her wolf howling at the moon t-shirt did you notice that <laughs> yeah. she oh had yeah one of those like incredibly tacky I know I don't even know if it's like supposed to be a Native American thing I have no idea but what? I have to say that my ex-boyfriend in college used to have several of those and no. I don't think it was it was unironic <laughs> okay that's upsetting I don't know if you should have revealed that I know I'm, I'll cut it out don't worry <laughs> I'll cut it out. I said X. Well, I was young. I don't know. Um, Sorry, go on. I keep interrupting you. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. I know. Um, so Larissa suggested Debbie, let's go look for a couch. I mean, Which it's makes sense. fair. Which makes sense. Like, hi, we yeah. have nowhere to sit. Um, and it's, I was kind of laughing at Debbie's reaction because she's like, yeah. And then just kind of like stares at her for a minute. Like, she's so stunned. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't think she expected Larissa to, like, come out of her cave, you know, and I don't try think to so engage either. her. My favorite part of this, though, when they first get in the car, in the vehicle, is I, what I wrote down here was modern versus overstuffed. <laughs> because it was like Larissa wanted this sleek, you know, very, tiny, Fancy very looking, uncomfortable yes. furniture. And Debbie's just like, can we get a fucking lazy boy in here? I know. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> I know. It's totally funny. But the thing that, that strikes me is that, okay... Larissa is like, she doesn't like the house. We all know that. We it know she doesn't like, like the nice house, house because it's small. And, yeah. But she's like, it's messy. How can it be messy? Either it's messy or it has no furniture. Like, it's got to be one or the other. I don't see a mess There's around. nothing messy about it. And maybe it's because I've seen Eric's apartment. But Ugh. having seen her theirs, like, it just looks sparse. But it doesn't look yeah. messy. It looks a little masculine, you know, like like it's sort of Colt's doing. You Except know? for the snowman. 
One thing I noticed about the store that they go to is it says all over the place, quote, no credit needed. I've never seen that before. Um, I've seen layaway or, you know, pay later, you know, take mm-hmm. it now, pay in installments, but I've never seen a, a it's almost going a further step. Like, of course, you're not going to have the money to pay up front. But mm-hmm. beyond that, you don't even need to have credit. <laughs> you can have really shitty credit or no ID. Like, what does this mean? It's almost like a check's cashed. Yeah. It, remind, it was like, do you have like a Western Union attached, you know, or what is the deal? Um, and she wants, a, you know, Larissa, of course, wants a fancy sofa that's cost less. And more. No, she said cost less. When she first said that, she's like, I want it to look fancy, but cost less. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about the actual couch that she chose. And this was Oh, no. Well, they pick out a couch with a recliner, of course. Well, Debbie picks sort of a lazy boy style thing. And Larissa doesn't like it, although she likes the color because it's sort of like a grayish, which I get. Well, I get it. It looks sleek. fine. And, of course, Debbie hates the color. And then, then Larissa goes to this, like, absolute... The thing that struck me was how huge it was. I think it was one of those, like, L-shaped... Oh, yeah. It was way too know, big for the space. I can't even fit that in my living room. You yeah. Know? And I have a bigger house than they do. Yeah, no. It's... it's There's no... It looked really this big leather couch it looked very comfortable actually but i just don't think it's gonna fit in there and it's gonna be really expensive in their space well they so the guy comes over the the retail the salesman salesman and oh and debbie first she says yeah that leather couch looks nice but we can't do leather because of the cats yeah of course (laughs) which is true the cats like enter this are so like brought into this like relationship in this episode so many times i bet the cats so are like ways. named on their lease <laughs> i'm sure they are sugar cookie dough no credit needed <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and then um larissa wanted to buy the couch without consulting colt which of course is ridiculous when debbie points out that it's his money but beyond that debbie says something very interesting oh god that well first of all larissa says oh colt didn't give me a credit card yet but he yeah. said, I can buy anything I want to find with Debbie. And the reason for that ends up being that Debbie and Colt not only share a credit card, like I think their only credit card from what she said, but they also share a bank account and they have since he was 14. Right. Because he is still 14. It's I mean, fascinating. He I mean, is really like the youngest 33-year-old and the most codependent. And I can't tell if it's Debbie that's codependent or Colt, but I think it's both. Like, they're both Well, this makes it sound like both. If he doesn't even have his own bank account. Like, I don't see why he couldn't have had a separate account and maybe shared one with his mom if it was important to her to do that. Yeah, I feel like it's very strange. And, like... They co-mingled their assets. Totally. As as we lawyers I'm telling you, there's something going on there. Like, I feel like (laughs) Debbie is his, like, spouse in some weird, creepy way. I think it's... I think it's... It's... It's not a... I think it's not a workable arrangement if he really is going to get married you know and actually this is a funny personal anecdote i know (laughs) when i married my husband Mm -hmm. we decided to have a joint one joint bank account so we have well i don't know how many accounts we have actually because i'm not i think we have one checking and one savings but i don't i don't really know but the point is the sort of main bank account that we have i had to close my account which was at wells fargo and move it over to bank of america where we now have a joint account and i distinctly remember the funniest thing when the first time I needed to write a check after we had gotten married and put all our money together, I go to the checks. I mean, I had never looked at the checkbook before. Mm-hmm. I go and I look at them. And in the top left corner where it says names, it says 
my husband's name, my mother-in-law's name, and then my name. Oh, wow. And I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I was just confused. I was like, what is this? And it turned out that um, this is this could have been a Debbie situation, in other words, right? Okay, it could have right. been that, like, my husband and my mother-in-law, for some weird reason, yeah. had the same account, and maybe they'd had it since they went to the freaking Bank of America yeah. branch here and opened it together when he turned 14 or 15 or whatever. But actually, it's just that my in-laws have private banking, so in order to use their, like, concierge sort of for right. banking, she has to technically be on the account. Um, but I remember being like, totally puzzled by yeah. that you know but there are people for i mean i do divorces all the time and i see um when they give me their statements there are some couples where one of the parties has an account with their with their parent okay um oh really so that's yeah. that's like reasonably common then it is but in a way but it's not their only account like they have account in their okay. own name they they may have a joint account with their spouse and then there's like another account where they're like on the account with their parent. And well, it could why? Be that, Do you know why that would happen? Well, it could be that um, in some cases it's where the parent, the the spouse is not working, and the spouse that is sharing the account with, with the, the parent. parent is not working, and the parent is giving them money. Oh, okay. And so they yeah. have it in that shared account, or, or could it the be a other trust? way around, or it could be a trust where they just have a trust account and they're yeah. both on it. Yeah. I mean, there there are ways where I've seen it before, but this seems a little different than all of that. It doesn't. Well, this seems like his only account, right? It doesn't seem like he's got several accounts, which we don't given, know. We, which we don't know. We don't but know, it, but it, it just doesn't like feel it. that way. And then also, like, I mean. That's creepy in and of itself. But Larissa's a little bit like, she says, you know, he's never home. We're the ones who are going to have to use the couch. Why does he have to approve it? Well, that's delusional. And, um. Well, it's, it's very self-centered. Is well, what it she is. is very self-centered. I mean, there's everything about her that is very self-centered. It's she hard not is, to judge her, you know? She just every, I don't know if it's a bad edit but it's like every single word that comes out of her mouth is like building this case against her. Right. Well, because she's like, we don't have to act like Colt is our father. It's not acting like he's your father. It's just acting like he's your roommate and you're being out of respect. Like if I were roommates with somebody, I wouldn't just go unilaterally go buy a couch. Although to be fair, she claims that he told her he could buy something if she was right. with Debbie. And maybe that is... But he may not have meant a couch. He may have meant like lunch. Right. And I think that like... Yeah, I don't know. I just I think that he and later they talk about this in a later scene where he's like, I mean, yeah, it's not a plant. It's kind of a big purchase, which I get because I mean, that's kind of how marriage works. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it's the same with you. But like if you were going to buy a big a piece of furniture. Oh, I would absolutely never do it without my husband. Right. I wouldn't either. It's also his decision because it's his house. It's not even about money. Right. So that's what I would do, too. I would never buy anything huge like that without consulting or at least like passing it by involving in fact and he wouldn't the same with me we have all these right now because we're in the middle of a remodel we have all these things charging in our living room and it looks just awful with all these wires and well stuff. you have a renovation going though i know but so my husband wants to buy um like a piece, a little tiny piece of furniture that is like for Char- it's like the charging station, but mm-hmm. it looks like furniture. Oh, those are cool. So he was sending me links. He's like, do you like this one? Do you like this one? Do you like this one? And I didn't like any of them, but 
I said, you know what? Just go ahead and pick whatever. He's like, no, no, no. I want to make sure you're going to like it. But it, but it's also just like respect. Like I don't respect. He doesn't want to buy me something shitty that I'm going to hate. And I don't want him to buy something shitty that I'm going to hate. But also you got to keep in mind, Lisa, you and I have each been married for years. You for more years than I have. But we also, I personally learned over time just how frequently I needed to compromise. No, I know. It's something and that you have to get used together. to. That's true. It is something that you do have to get used to. But I have to say that even, but in the initial stages of a relationship, which is where they are, even though yes. they're engaged, yes. and you're going into someone else's home, like if I were to, I never moved in with my husband. We moved in together. Together. I moved to a in place. with my husband. But so... It seems odd that in the initial stages, they're moving in together also very early in their relationship. Yeah. Would you really go in and just demand all these different things? Like, it seems like you'd be even more, like, wary of starting to, like, do stuff. Yeah, but there's a a case for the other side, too, you know? Like, not letting yourself... Right. Be kind of marginalized just because it's not your house. Sort of immediately putting your fingerprint on it. And That's saying, true. I live here too. We're equal partners. But she's not really acting like an equal partner here where she's right. trying to go over his head. It's all about her. It really is all about her. She feels like he should be bending over backwards and she's irritated that he's not. And then, of course, unfortunately, this creates yet another kind of us versus them thing where she's on the outs and right. then Colt and his mother are in this kind of like conspiracy against her from mm-hmm. her perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to get further and further entrenched. I agree. All right, before we move on to Steven and Olga, can we take a quick break? Yes. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about Steven and Olga. Ugh. This was so hard. So This was horrible. Poor Olga is in labor and they have to call a cab to go to the hospital, which sounds horrible. And, and it's the, the middle of the night. It and looks cold. It looks freezing and they're scrambling to put together something to take in like a plastic baggie. I know. He's carrying like a, just like a shopping bag. I know. And then how fucking awful. Can you imagine being in labor and having production filming you? And this moron who's supposed to be like your your only <laughs> sort of helpmate and support, and he has no clue. Now, to be fair to Steven, he says something really intelligent. He says, I'm trying to stay calm because I don't know anything and I don't want to overreact. Right. That is smart. incredibly smart and no, mature. And most grown men don't behave that way. They're sort of screaming their heads off around this sort of situation and no he's he's actually keeping it pulling it together but he's, but, but he doesn't know anything that's why i say moron and not moron in the sense that he is stupid just that he is completely lacking and he didn't try knowledge. to learn anything yeah, he didn't learn anything it's like read what to read expect. a book read, read a There's, fucking article yeah google it anything <laughs> and i mean the producers couldn't have given her a fucking ride to the hospital yeah it's like how did they get there yeah it's oh we'll meet you there oh okay well we'll go ahead and wait for a cab and by the way there's no there there they go to what looks like a prison it is fucking creepy it's terrifying there's one nurse it's dark it's like they were closed for the night and there's one nurse and that's it scary and she's really like stern and they're making poor olga who's in the middle of active labor walk around everywhere like well, she's gotta yeah, go she walk doesn't have a wheelchair That's and true. sit down i mean like we're obviously spoiled in the bay area but i had my babies in berkeley at altibates and it was like the minute you go walk you come in and you're in labor they they put you into a triage, triage room, yeah. area where there's like a bunch of beds set up and different like 
rooms kind of or they're separated but you're at least laying down and there are so many nurses around they always they're get you like, off your feet right hey, away oh for sure and they're like can here's a warm blanket and i know this is uncomfortable because they can't give you the epidural and triage they're just trying no. to figure out like where you're dilated and how long you've been in labor and stuff so it's super uncomfortable anyway but at least you're like laying there and they give you blankets and they try to come and make you feel comfortable and talk to you i mean this was like ridiculous she was just like wandering around and like sitting down while they're asking questions well what was even worse i thought than the way she was treated by the actual hospital staff was how she was ultimately being treated by steven because he was flipping out that they weren't going to let him in which he already knew so this wasn't like a surprise when he gets there which i could understand reacting poorly he knew ahead of time now and then she he makes her like stand there listening to him complain while she's like literally barely able to stay on her feet right, she's in the she's middle in of pain. a contraction and was, he's like it was so if selfish. i don't get to be in there i'm gonna it's gonna be really bad like, she's like oh fuck yourself yeah, she's there's like, more important not, people in this i'm like pick your timing dude like you go figure it out with the producers yeah, who can translate for problem. you and don't just like fucking leave her alone she was in agony and he was making yeah. her like stand there and listen to his rant yeah he uh, and then the nurse, the nurse comes out and like barks something and basically dismisses him. Well, he tells Olga essentially yeah. to hold the baby in until he's allowed yeah. back there. The baby is, better not be born while I'm not there. Like, um, She's like, "Fuck you, dude! Yeah. This baby's coming whenever it can because I'm in excruciating pain and, right now." And who, and aside from Google and all, who doesn't have the basic understanding that babies come when they come? You know. I know. Like, how could he have? How could he make a demand like she that? She can't predict anything. She can't hold it in. It was really upsetting for me, honestly, because this was already <sighs> such a dark, scary moment. It would have been a dark, terrifying moment, even if she was there with her Russian husband, who knew, you know, essentially what to expect yeah. from the hospital and all these things. And she has this this kid, essentially. Yeah. You know, who's and making it even harder. She for clearly her. wasn't prepared. I mean, labor is. First of all, when I had my first start, I had no idea what labor was going to feel like. And I was actually in labor and I didn't realize it was labor because I was having cramping and I'd never actually had cramps. So I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I don't get cramps either. Yeah, so I was like, what's that? It's such a weird feeling. I went to see Rock of Ages in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I dropped my friend off at home at like 1130. And then I was feeling these like cramps like every... 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I call my husband as I'm driving across the Bay Bridge. I'm like, I feel like I might be in labor. And he's like, holy shit. You know, but even still, like, I took the classes. I knew about natural child. I knew I wanted an epidural no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I already knew, well, I got to kind of like suffer through this pain until I can get the epidural, the epidural. and then it'll all be fine. Right. Or even if I was going to go natural, okay, I have my breathing exercises. I have my support partner. I know what I have to do. But she's like a fish out of water. Like it's clear she really didn't know what to do. And it didn't look like there was any sort of anesthesiologist coming around to offer her there an epidural. There was no doctor it apparently was crazy at all until the duty. morning. It's like, what is this? The main, the doctor's coming in the morning to talk to you. It looked, by the way, like it was a, 
um, a maternity hospital because outside of it, there was a big picture of a baby. Right. So I got the impression that this was a hospital that is specifically for women to give birth, which is insane that you mm-hmm. wouldn't have a doctor on call around the clock because if there's anything yeah. that can happen at night just as easily as during the day, it's childbirth. It's just so weird. I don't know. The whole Fuck thing Russia, was man. I mean, this just, I got, really scary. I had a little bit of a Stephen reaction to Russia yeah. sort of from this scene, like yeah. sort of culture shock. And he says it. he's like, oh, I can't wait to get my family back to America. This place is yeah. back words and scary and of course it's unfortunate that it's coming off that way because it's a horrible i'm sure kind of misrepresentation of you know the modernity of russia and also like we are a very well cared for society i mean we're We're so spoiled spoiled. like i mean this is a good opportunity to be i think tolerant of differences yeah and grateful and also grateful for for the fact that we are spoiled you know i knew it too i had one baby at alta bates in berkeley like you did and then Mm. i had one at kaiser in oakland and in both cases i was just like even i being a spoiled american who's always been incredibly lucky to have very high quality health insurance and health care even i was blown away by how like you said how well they take care of you and mm-hmm. walk you through this process that is so terrifying on such like an innate oh, level yeah. that every woman i think is terrified to give birth first yeah. second third fourth time around at, on some level at some point and they really hold your hand and here this nurse Nurse Ratchet over here. I know. She was like, we'll come back for you in six hours yeah. when we finish the fucking paperwork that's required to let this is going to take a room. really long time. It, was, it had it kind of rang for me like old like what the stereotype was in in the United States of like Soviet bureaucracy. Oh, you know? totally. Like, this is going to take a really take long time. Six hours to do something that really takes four seconds. <laughs> and the way she was like barking at him to leave. You can leave now. You can leave now. It's scary, man. <laughs> oh my God, it was so creepy. I wouldn't want that lady all up in my, my business, my lady business. All right. Are we done with them for now? God, please. Yes, oh get my them God. off the show. Honestly, I'm going to make a plea to TLC. This is too dark. Yeah, this it's is not really dark. fun. I don't want this. No. But speaking of funny, in a very slapstick, sort of sad way, um, we have Leda and Eric. We piled back into the suburban. We, yes, and they His say vehicle. they drive by Manhattan again. Yeah, yeah, just to say hello. <laughs> there it is. There it goes. <laughs> and why is he driving? Okay, first, why is his? Why is her family going to meet his ex-wife? And then second, oh, is the family going? I didn't notice that. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, then second. He's driving the entire family 15 hours to well, Wisconsin. Well, they're stopping in, in, at back at that sad cabin in Pennsylvania No, first. I know, but then they're going to do a 15-hour drive to... I mean, come on. I don't on. understand why the family, at least, didn't just fly into Wisconsin. I, like, really? What I was mean, the point of all this? I know. And by so the way, as someone who's from this area, driving between Pennsylvania <sighs> and Manhattan to the airport takes yeah. fucking forever. So no, I know. It's not some jaunt you want to do over and over again. No, this. I mean, even really, JFK into downtown Manhattan isn't like a breeze. Hell no, it's a nightmare. So I mean, I missed a flight out of yeah. JFK. Oh, I'm just, sure. Just from Veranzano Bridge traffic once. Yeah, no, it's bad. Um, and then her parents start talking about Eric. Well, he looks older than he is. Yeah, and, she, and then Lita tells him, "My parents are talking about you, and they say that you look older than you are." Um, hi. Thank you for the validation. He does. He does. He has a uh, he has a lot of wrinkles. Is what it really he is. He just looks like an old 
he looks like he's in his 50s. He does not look younger than my husband. His teeth are not in good shape either. And that always makes a person look older. No, that's true. I mean, too bad. And he's got dark circles under his eyes. I mean, I could go on and on. But, like, he just looks very old for his age. Leda also says that she personally thinks that their age difference is, quote, weird. She talks about, like, there's nothing positive from her. She's, like, terrified that her family's not going to accept him. But she's, I think, projecting that she's not going to accept him. That's probably exactly right, and I didn't think about that, but that sounds. Because she's sounds very, she's kind of negative. She's almost like verbally abusive to him in a lot of ways. Like I don't know. They arrive, so they arrive back at the cabin, and she says that you know her family's used to five star hotels, and this is the other thing. If you have a lot of money and you're going to meet your daughter's, you know, future husband or whatever, and you're going to another country would you expect I mean maybe it's a cultural thing but like if you're used to like five-star hotels wouldn't you check beforehand like where are we staying oh you got us like an Airbnb or like a cabin we'll go ahead and book our own like room somewhere like wouldn't you just take care of it on your own um you know I think in this case he's trying to break up the journey so it becomes an issue of they're not really being five-star accommodation anywhere yeah. but on the road between New York and Wisconsin. Because he talks about how expensive New York City is. And I'm like, yeah, but can't they pay for their own? Like, then they can stay in Manhattan. It is a little bit weird that they would expect him to pay. Although I think that the underlying storyline here is that they are trying to see whether he essentially has the needs. Right, no, and he doesn't. Which he doesn't. So he doesn't want them to know that. So I wonder if this was not just sort of an underhanded way of hiding mm-hmm. sort of what he lacks and, and you know he money wise the other thing that he just tries way too hard with alessandro i disagree i think, I think he, was he tries trying... exactly hard enough like he is supposed to be this kid's dad and he's taking it seriously and he's jumping in no i i think that's okay but i felt like the, like i'm just thinking in terms of like having had a five-year-old when they fall asleep in the car and they wake up and it's like 10 o'clock at they're night, they're groggy and yeah, they're in a bad mood. I mean, my daughter probably wouldn't have even let my husband carry her into the house. So the fact that like he's able to carry him in and then he wants to, Alessandro wants to be with his grandfather who he has just been reunited with after right. not seeing him. And he's been living with his grandfather. And then Eric's like, no, I'm going to go ahead and take him upstairs and tries to pull him away from the grandfather. It's like, just let the grandfather put him to bed. Nobody's going to question your parenting if you just let the kid who's exhausted. Well, why wasn't Leda jumping in? I mean, that's the well, real question. Because she probably never has, which is why, remember, Raina asked her last time, like, who's going to take care of Alessandro? Yeah, I, I, I see both sides of this. I see your point. But also, like, what if in Eric's mind it was really time for Alessandro to go to bed and he knew what was going to happen in the morning if Alessandro went to bed any later? The grandpa didn't appear to be making any moves to, like, put the kid in bed. No, I know. So he's like, okay, time. I mean, I take my son out of my mother-in-law's arms all the time. I know. Like, he has to go to bed now. Yeah, but it's also very different. I don't think he thinks, like, you as a mom who is sleep trained and who is really invested in keeping the schedule like and what do you think his motivation is Just to, to show, show them yeah God, because he did not. that again another time where he if was that's like true then i agree with trying you. to pay and then that's why Leda's like he's not comfortable with you 
like this is the person he's he's grown up with his grandparents right. he's grown up with them way. he's known you for like a week and you're like trying to be like oh look i have this great relationship with this I kid i see that side of it but i also think that it's good that he's trying to take ownership you know i mean he's it's not just good like it's sitting just back and letting maybe handle it no well because she, she wouldn't like, okay i'm gonna take care of this kid because he's my son now like i think there's a positive side to it okay but if he really is doing it to show off and like exert I think control, he is. then that's not. Possible. I think he's doing it to show them. Look, I have a good relationship with this kid, but then the kid's not cooperating because he's groggy and tired and wants to just hang out with his grandpa. My son fights me sometimes, and I don't care. You know, I know, like, but you've know been his mother you. his entire life. Right? No, this you're right. Guys, only it'd be like if he's I an interloper. It'd be like if I was trying to put Mo to bed, and I picked him up. And, like, he's like, wait, no, I want my mom and dad. I would be happy for you to do that. <laughs> I know, but, like, can you imagine he would be so upset and, like, no, I want to go with the people that normally put no, me No, I completely hear you, and your point's well taken. But, you know. But I also feel kind of badly for him because no, he's I sort do. of in an impossible situation. He's, he, he's in an impossible situation on every angle of this whole thing. And this was interesting, by the way. Raina admitted straight up that Eric likes Alessandro, that he's really yeah. actually legitimately taken to him. And I yeah. thought that was a cool thing for her to acknowledge. She acknowledges it. She, because but in the next breath, she doubts his actual abilities to care for the kids. Of course. So, and, and I do too. Point. Yeah. I mean, my, the whole reality is, I mean, yes, I think he does genuinely like this little boy. I think he genuinely li- likes Leda. But this is yeah. a total disaster. It's never going to work because he can't even, he's not even like, middle class like he's not even at a level where he can remotely help her and and support both Leda and Alessandro in a way that they are even remotely accustomed to it is coming across it's starting to come across as like insane that she went from what she had in Indonesia to this and it it's it seems it seems like an Eric sorry like a Colt Larissa sort of style mismatch where it's yeah. a different way yeah but it's just such a huge mismatch that it's not just a cultural difference it's it's almost everything being different you everything know? it's a it's a way it's a lifestyle difference it's a age difference it's, i truly can't imagine what it is that they think they have because yeah, all I, I see is what they don't have yeah exactly i can't see any positive connection like she seems so irritated by him all the time she also seems like a child she is very much like a child i think she's probably irritated by life yeah that is makes her uncomfortable anything that makes her a little bit uncomfortable Uncomfortable. makes her pissed good luck to her yeah all right so now we go to ashley and jay and ashley um Oh, I have to point something out about this. Yes. They're going to a party, like a surprise party for him, which was super nice of her. But if you recall, in the last episode, she had made this kind of half-assed claim that she was worried about a black guy being introduced to her white neighborhood. And I thought at the time that it was kind of disingenuous and that it was sort of, you know, not a concern she really had and that it was production trying to, like, kind of drum Mm -hmm. up drama. Well, here at this party, there's multiple African-American yeah, but they People, might not yes. be part of her neighborhood. Oh, so you think it's like a difference between it's her, her friend, friend group, group. Yeah. and her actual neighborhood? Yeah, maybe. She, she might did live... say her whole neighborhood was white. Yeah, she could live in like in a little suburb enclave where it's like yeah. all white people. Yeah, you're but right. she has some like black friends. But I thought that was kind yeah. of interesting. I know? thought that was cool. I mean, I felt like 
I feel like everybody really took to him. I mean, 100%. he's a very personable person. Very. He's very friendly. He's very easygoing, easy to get along with. I think he would get along with the guys and the girls. Agreed. They all really like him, except... Natalie. And, and, but also, it was such like a... We just got out of college party, like with the solo cups and everything. I literally wrote that down. It's like a college party. That's yeah. hilarious. It really was. It was. It was like, I mean, I'm sure he it was felt like right it was at home. It was someone's parents' house. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, but I hate this thing with Natalie where she's supposed, I think that it's it's like she's overweight. And I know. And there's this, and Ashley says it later that she's just jealous. And it's like, fuck you. You really think she's jealous of your third cheating fiance you really think that that's what she wants in her life and she's saying all of this to you just to ruin this thing that's actually great but looks like shit from literally anyone on the outside of it and it's just so irritating to me that just because she's a big girl she can't be making a ridiculously obviously legitimate point right just enraged me and that her easy answer is okay let's just get the fat girl out of the wedding yeah and of course lo and behold and we'll talk about this but lo and behold the rest of her bridesmaids who she's keeping in the wedding are thin. Right. I just really, I really didn't like it. I don't like it. it well, the thing I didn't like, the one thing I agreed with um, from Ashley's perspective, well, well, we'll get to that. Well, yeah, we're not so there yet. So we're Natalie just at the, Jay have a they have a face off and, you know, essentially, a I very act, unsatisfying face off. It's an unsatisfying face off. And I have to say, I kind of think he did cheat on Ashley. He doesn't really deny it. He just says, the past is the past, and I don't want drama. <laughs> right. He never, she asks him, will like, you ever okay. cheat on her again? And he's like, uh, I'm just tired of the drama. Uh, I mean, that's that not a no. Camilla answer. <laughs> that's, I, you know, I, I, I believe he cheated on her. I believe he did. Two different girls. And I believe that it was in the past. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard here because we'll get into it more when Ashley talks about it. But, like, you know, I... I do think Natalie's coming from a place of, look, I'm the one who's going to have to pick up the pieces when you leave. A thousand percent. Because clearly she I'm the it. only friend who's going to like be there for her because I've been there for her every single time. Some guy, you cheated know, on cheats her. on her and she is an asshole. She said she really like held her hand through like, those major heartbreaks. And it's like, I'm sorry, but that is a completely legitimate reason for your friend to have an actual personal stake in the matter. I don't want to pick you up off the floor again. I don't want to have to take a day off from I, work or I whatever. I think that that's true, your... but I think once you've, I do believe that once you've said it, you need to leave it alone. Then you need to just yeah. back it off. It isn't actually any of her, any of her and business. And move back and just yeah. let it let it happen yeah. and just decide if you're going to be the friend that's there no matter what. Correct. Or if you're going to be the person that's like, you know what, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. That's how I feel as well. So it's it's kind of like a, she's, this is really taking it like, okay, let it go already. She's opening herself up to yeah. what is ultimately going to be a very unfair, right. I think, reaction. I think so too. All right. So now we go to Jonathan and Fernanda. And she's feeling lonely and bored and she's really struggling to make friends. And I actually, I felt really sorry for her. And I also felt sort of a connection to her because, um, so when I first, I lived in San Francisco for 10 years. And then when I got pregnant and my husband and I got, were engaged and I got pregnant, I moved to the East Bay. Right. And we bought we got a place together in Emeryville. And it's very different. And it was very different. I was now in this area where 
I was, he, his friends are, were mostly at work. And so he was friends with, you know, the people that he worked with and he was going to work and seeing them every day. And I was seeing some of my friends like that, but I, at that point I was going to school in the evenings because I was getting my, my master's in psychology. So I had like school colleagues kind of, but like, I didn't really have any friends in Emeryville. Right. All of my friends were still in the city and all of my contacts and everybody that I would see and everything that I knew. I didn't know Emeryville. I didn't know the East Bay. It's not really a neighborhood. I didn't know how to navigate. I know. And I didn't know how to go to Oakland or I just didn't know anything about it. And I felt really lonely. And then when I had my daughter, I stayed home with her. But it was so hard to meet like other moms. And my husband got me this like yoga, baby and mommy yoga thing where you bring, you do like yoga, but it's very like low key. And then you bring your baby and they have like a little area where the babies can all play. And and it was kind of fun and it was really sweet. And I met a couple of moms through that, but we were just very different and it was they were so I they never became like really good friends I think mm-hmm. I went on one like play date and then I was like this isn't really my thing and I felt very isolated and very lonely and I had a baby I mean I it's had something to do yeah. um, but I felt I do feel for Fernanda because it's got to be really hard for her I mean she has no contemporaries she doesn't really she's not she can't go to school right now, so she doesn't really have a way to meet people, even if she were to enroll in college or something and meet people that are her age. Um, so, I, I mean, I kind of get it. It's kind of sad to be home all by yourself, and then you talk to your parents and your family in another country. And, and they're just, like, living life without you, and it's going on without you. And it's clear he doesn't have any family in North Carolina. Yeah, I do think this was sad. I also thought it was sad that his way of fixing it was going to Myrtle Beach when it's, like clearly not the season you know like it was completely overcast i lived in alaska for a year and we once did a weekend trip to seward and it literally looked like seward alaska this, this i mean and i've been to myrtle beach in the summer and it's hella nice but this is not that no this but it's like depressing but she says compared to lumberton it's great yeah the thing the thing that i thought was problematic here is she was saying like oh i need to go we need to go here to like she says relive our love right they want to go back to vacation Vacation mode mode, which is hard you know it's like yeah man this you need to get used to what your life actually is here right which is actually going to be what it has been right and and there's a lot of pressure on this trip i think to like re-equilibrate her and yeah um, and then we get into the family stuff she says that he's weird about his family She's worried, essentially, because she can tell that he has problems with his mom. And because her family isn't here, she needs his family to become her family. So this is the part that pisses me off even more about his insistence on getting married in Chicago. Exactly. Like, I could almost forgive him and understand if he's very, like, all of his family's in Chicago and he's super tight with them. Yeah. And so he wants to have a family wedding in Chicago with his siblings and his parents and his aunts and uncles and he's really close to them but it sounds like he's super isolated from all of them and his mom especially is not supportive of their relationship and found out on social media that he got engaged Mm -hmm. and so he already knows it's going to be a negative experience yet he's forcing her to go to chicago to get married in chicago with the family he doesn't even really get along with and without her family being able to be present. This seems like a total 
perfect opportunity to get married in Mexico. Well, especially because he says his family, because they may not approve, may not go to the wedding. Yeah, go to Mexico. So it's like, you need to go to Mexico, and if they want to show support, then they can come to Mexico. Because at least you'll have one supportive family there. Exactly. Like, that's crazy. I think it's insane. It's, it's nuts. So he... But, actually, if you think about it, maybe this is why he wants to get married in Chicago. Because he knows his parents, or at least his mom, is pissed off and may not want to come at all. And it'll take away an excuse for her not to go if he kind of brings the wedding to her. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I just think it's selfish. I think that his mom's going to... His mom's going to be a problem. I think that they finally, I think, decide that she gets to meet them first before they start planning the wedding. That's right. And then she says that if his family ultimately doesn't like her and doesn't support the marriage, she's going to call it off. Mm-hmm. She says that. Or well, family is very off. important to her. I mean, right. she has a very close relationship with her family. She values family. I think her life in North Carolina would be less lonely if there was some family. I mean, friends are friends, but like if there was some family around or some even... If she could have a relationship with his mom and talk to her on the phone regularly or something, she needs that. I mean, she's only 19. I completely agree with you. I also think it's unclear, and this is going to bear ultimately on her relationship with his family, it's unclear whether his issues with his mom stem from his relationship with Fernanda and his mom's sort of skepticism regarding that. Mm -hmm. His mom apparently thought it was a midlife crisis that he Mm -hmm. was going through, that he's sort of after this 19-year-old. Or if he generally has problems with his mom. Because if it's really just her mom taking issue with Fernanda, then there's going to be, I would th- I would think, a bigger problem. I think it's probably that there's more to it than that. That's like, what I'm guessing. I mean, he lives far away from any of them, and yeah. they don't seem to have like a good relationship regardless. So, I mean, I think that it's probably a lot deeper than that. Because even if your parents don't approve of who you're going to get married to, you would still talk to them. Yep. You know, you'd still have some sort of relationship with them. I mean, that's probably more common than not, honestly, that the in-law relationship is not great, but you do it because you just have to suck it up for your spouse. So I have a feeling there's more. All right. And now we go to Kehlani and Azuelu. And, you know, she's sort of, she's, this was my favorite couple going in. And I still think they're the couple that has the most potential yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I like them. I just, she is, I think I I had too high of expectations for her. I thought she was really smart and had her head on straight and was really like very reasonable and everything. And now it's sort of, it has started to slip. And Same here. she's super overprotective of Oliver. I mean, she's like hovering over Asuelu when he's swinging Oliver in the swing. And granted, he was being a little bit aggressive on that swing. But at it's the same time, he's so exactly. And he, the little boy's five months. Yeah. Like, I remember. He's not two months. Yeah, he's fine. So I felt like that was a little bit much. Well, plus Asuelu had this really sweet moment in the opening scene mm-hmm. where he's alone with Oliver. He's clearly getting him ready to go to the park. And he's like making Oliver laugh, like mm-hmm. really laugh. And that's a really special moment. And I think that she's discounting what Asuelu is going to bring to the equation as the kid's actual dad. Right, because she's got like a list in her head and he's not checking off all the marks. Um, But the thing that was really disconcerting to me was that she tells us that they can't afford the Airbnb anymore because she quit her job so she could spend time with Asuelu when he came. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, I get it. Like wanting to spend time with your 
soon-to-be spouse when they come take to this country. Days, take sick days. Take a leave of But I feel like quitting your job is probably not the smart thing, considering he cannot work. It makes me wonder if she had some kind of, like, menial job, you know, like if she worked as... A, a waitress or at a Starbucks maybe. or something where it's like she can just go get another one of those jobs and they're not going to give her time off. Yeah, maybe. Although, I know Starbucks gives paid time off and they give you benefits. Yeah, so I shouldn't... I shouldn't <laughs> no, but I, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I just felt but like that it was, was very so weird. If she had a real weird. job and she just quit for this reason, that's nuts. I just think it's crazy. So they're moving to her parents' second home in Utah and at first I was like... Utah, but then I remembered that they're, they're Mormon, Mormons. and I had completely forgotten about that. It's a five-bedroom house. Right. They have a big home. That's huge. And apparently her brother is living there permanently, so they're going to be moving in, essentially, with her brother, Nick. Her brother, who's supposed to be like her dad's eyes and ears on a suelo. Right. I think they, like, sent the brother. It's, like, such a weird, enmeshed, like, Leda family situation. 100%. <laughs> and so they, they've said she could live there in this big house, and... Her parents are going to be there for the first two weeks with them. And then they'll come, like, on vacation because it's essentially their vacation home. And uh, and then they get in this really awkward conversation about sex. I know. He says that he is, quote, sexy moves. Okay. He is not <laughs> sexy. Like, I think Asuelo is, like, the sweetest, like, most sincere person on the show. And he's such a sweetheart. But he's so dopey. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... And I don't know. Dopey is... It sounds so negative, but I, I'm not trying to be in it. He's... Yeah, he's, he's goofy. He's goofy, yeah. And he's... But he's... I, sexy is not... Even with the tattoos. Like, there's nothing really sexy about this guy. Although he says she can't resist him. And she's I know. been all over him. And I believe it. I believe it, but I think it's so weird because... Maybe it's like a Mormon sexual repression He's thing. like, she just wants to have sex all the time. <laughs> so she like he like paints her out to be this like nympho. Because yep. they're talking about how they're... If for two weeks, you know, her parents are going to be yeah. in the house. And so he's like, well, what are we going to do? You know, and she's like, well, we're not going to have sex while they're in the house because that's weird. And he's like, yeah, right. You won't be able to see Yeah, it's <laughs> so weird. I didn't need to see that. I'm good. I'm no, nervous. I felt like that was that was a little too TMI for me. And, and she also mentions that she's like very upset because her sister's not coming to Utah and they are sort of on the outs and she's been basically living with her sister her entire life. And I sort of thought to myself, okay, actually, this is a great thing. Even though you're moving in with your brother and it's your parents' house, I think it's good for her to cut the apron strings a little bit from her sister. Well, I just think that this family, or maybe it's just Kalani... They exaggerate drama so much in yeah. this family. Like, you need to behave, Azuelo. Like, how is he going to misbehave? Like, this is not... The... This isn't Jay. No. this And, you know, I think I wrote that down. Like, she acts like he's Jay. Yeah. You know, you don't have to lecture him, him on how to behave. Like, the ki- the guy's not going to... He cries. Yeah, he's a At crier. the drop of a hat. He's yeah. not going to be the guy who's, like, going to go, like, hook up with your neighbor. You know, or like race off. And, They're all so deeply and, underestimating him. They really underestimate him. She underestimates him. And then there, it's just so much drama. Yeah. Like everything is such a big, huge, she's like, you better behave and try to behave. And then even when they do make strides, it's like, you're not off the hook. you got to keep behaving. And it's like so bizarre. So I don't know. They're kind of interesting. You know, I hate to say it. But to me, it kind of smacks of privilege. You know, it feels very Orange yeah. County, 
wealthy people kind of looking down on someone. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. But the dad is almost like the the leader, even though he is that person. Yeah, but then that's just projection, right? Like right. Like, you hate in others what you see in yourself. Well, and I think like, that's... Like, the perfect person for her to not marry. But that's who they were raised by, you know, this guy who's always been clearly very negative about his own people in a way, in a certain... To a, to a certain degree, like they okay. go to Samoa, they for they visit family, they've but they're looking vacationed, down on but they vacation there, they stay at a yeah. resort, yeah. they you know. I don't. I I get a pretty bad taste in my mouth. About yeah, that. and I think that's where the drama comes from. So now we head into back to uh, Lady and Eric, and no, no, it's Ashley and Jay. Oh, it is. Yeah, I have Ashley and Jay. Essentially, Ashley saying that she wanted Natalie to respect her decision to marry Jay. Oh, and this is where Ashley says that she cut Natalie out of her wedding. Oh. Unless unless I'm. I have that later. Oh, did I just miss like a Eric and Leda segment? Yeah, because there's a then two days. Is is this the one where they get to the apartment? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's later. So there's all this stuff before that happens. Oh, I have have it opposite. I have, so is this where Jay um, are and Ashley are laying in bed? No, this is where Ashley says that, you know, she's kicking Natalie out of her wedding. No, I know, but that came, um, that came after they were in bed together because it says then two days later because she's talking to Jay in bed and Jay says he hates Natalie and wants her out of their lives permanently. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, she says two days later, Ashley tells us that she told Natalie that she's no longer involved yeah, with the wedding. That's what I have. It's like, yeah, I have that moment. too. I have that after Leda and Eric and Colty and Larissa. Well, we can talk about whatever you but want. But that's okay. Let's just go there. We're right there. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's not that long of a. No, segment. no, no. So she's no longer involved in the wedding. Okay. So this is the part that I had issue with, with um, like, I get that. Like, I, I totally understood Ashley's perspective where it's like, Okay, you can voice your opinion about somebody's fiance. You can voice your opinion about somebody's Once. relationship and let them know, hey, look, I believe he cheated on you. I overheard it. I think he's a bad guy. But as soon as your friend says, you know what? I don't care. Right. What he did there is not relevant End to me. Discussion. I don't care. So that at that point, you just have to say, you know what? You're going to do what you're going to do. I mean, this reeks of Luann. <laughs> oh my god Luann so right. and, and what's his Tom. name Tom where like everybody's warning her and, and I'm like everybody and there were photos but I kept thinking about everybody like Bethany crying and everybody's warning her I'm like leave her alone let her fail like I guess but you know looking back and the fact that she ended up arrested and in rehab it's like okay but she maybe that had to happen yeah, maybe it had to happen. and you know and I think about like things like I mean how many times have you thought about somebody you know who they're going to marry and you think about like them talking to you and you like oh yeah he sounds like an awful person and no, then I they get married that. I always I always just I've had this happen so many times well with my but that's why I just let them do what they're going to exactly do. you have to because it's none of my fucking business at mm-hmm. the end of the day and this is the reason it's mm-hmm. I think that it's really ill-advised to do what Natalie's doing is yeah she's overstepping she's judging essentially she's essentially yeah. judging Ashley's decision that she's making with full knowledge and it'd be one thing if you're like i have this information that you don't have i need to give it to you so you can make an informed decision ashley has the information and you're none of natalie's business and you're giving her the opportunity to say you're being jealous 
Oh, absolutely. She walked right into she that. She walked but right I into this. that. I, still I know. I, I still did too. Ashley took the opportunity to be like, oh, she's jealous. And I hate that she just removed her entirely from the wedding. Oh, my like, God. It seemed, it seemed like such a drastic measure. Which she could. She should have just gone to Natalie. I would have gone. I would have taken it a step back and just said, look, Natalie, this is it. We're getting married. And if you can't be supportive, I don't want you to be a part of the wedding. Right. But I'm going to let you know because I because you're really important to me. You've been there for me all this time. We've known each other forever. I would love for you to be a part of my day. But if you can't be supportive, I don't I can't have you there. So you make the decision and put it back on her and let Natalie decide whether she wants to be a part of it or not. But to tell her she's not part of it is just kind of like an asshole move. And the funny thing is, the so the other three bridesmaids that she's keeping, they're all thin. And I got kind of like a, first of all, they were they were also supposed to be in her two previous weddings that were called off. One that she reveals had been already completely paid for at $60,000, mm-hmm. which is a shit ton of money to have yeah. thrown down the toilet. And she says something about this. She says that when she makes a decision, she sticks with it and she's sort of decisive. And it made me wonder if that's actually kind of what happened with her previous engagements, that she had made a decision to be with this guy who, you know, there were all these red flags with. Mm -hmm. And she just kept going down the magic carpet with him or the yellow brick road, if you will, until the moment that she absolutely had to face, kind of like Luann ultimately had to face reality. And Natalie is trying to, like, prevent her from kind of making the same mistake Save her from herself. But that these other three bridesmaids are sort of like yes-men. Oh, totally. Like, oh, I just want to be in a wedding and wear a dress and hopefully but like, bang just, a groomsman. Brandy, who was the one who talked to us. And by the way, I don't know any of this. It's just this is the vibe no, I know. that I got from these three girls that they were like pinch hitting kind of. This is super petty, but Brandy is the friend that talked and she had like the grown out uh, roots and her hair was like kind yeah, of sticking yeah, up. Yeah. I'm like, girl, you are going to be on TV. Like make an effort. Come on. I would be so intimidated to be on TV. There are cameras there. Like, look at your friends. They all comb their hair. Like, what is happening? Maybe she's like a hipster. I think she is, but it just was not a good look. All right. So now we go. Okay, so then are we at Leda and Eric now? So I'm back to Kalani and Asuelu. Well, we're obviously just like totally out of order, which is fine. And actually, I wonder if they didn't actually show the episode in different ways. Because believe it or not, I think TLC has different versions of the episodes that they release on different oh, like, platforms. platforms. That's, oh, okay. I, I think that they do that. So we can go in whatever That's okay. No, that's fine. We can do... I have Kehlani and Nezuelo. So this is the thing where they're at their, their last night at the Airbnb and they're going to have a conversation with Kalini mm. to try to like clean things up. And they make dinner, which is really... It totally took me... Okay, so do you know that old movie Mermaids? Yeah. Where, like, the ma share only makes, like, appetizers for dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. was totally, like, what I got. Because like it was, like, cheese plate, maybe, like, a little bit of meat, and then, like, the vegetable tray. It was, like, totally, like, um, but that was dinner. And Azuela has never had wine. Wait, and speaking of the Airbnb. Yeah. It's their last night at the Airbnb, and yet you notice behind, when, when Kalani's, like, making the cheese plate behind yeah. her... There is a fish in a bowl. It's like, is that your fish? Or is that, that fish just stay at the Airbnb? Do you have to feed the fish as you part know, of your like, contract? What's going to happen to Nemo when you leave tomorrow? I'm very concerned. Hashtag save Nemo. Yeah, we need to save Nemo. That's crazy. 
Sorry, go on. He's never had wine. They had a bottle of Cab in the freezer, which was just deeply disturbing to me. Yeah, and then he tries it and he spits it out. He doesn't like it. And uh, it was like a little kind of like fun break icebreaker like sort of thing. And Lenny is clearly very sad that Kehlani and Oliver are moving away from her. Well, she says, quote, my baby is leaving me. And it's like, I ugh, I can understand both sides of these. I get it. I mean, I get why she thinks that. I mean, she's basically raised him with Kalani for five months. Yeah, but you know what? I'm sorry. She knew about Aswilu. She knew that there was at least some kind of relationship there. At some point, there was a visa application. We're talking about five months total here. You no, know? I know. Like, but she didn't. She I don't think she knew he was going to move to another state. Oh, so your issue is that they're leaving. Like, like I think that's okay. what she's really feeling is like, yeah. not only am I, you know, not only is there this new person taking over, but now you guys are leaving the state. No, I just mean to say that it's not really that reasonable for her to think of Oliver as her baby. Even if she took care of him for five months, no, it's still not her baby. That'd be like if, if I had a nanny and the nanny, you know, thought of my kid as her kid and, you know, yeah, I don't know, it would just be a little... It's sloppy. It is a little bit sloppy, but they they seem like a very close family, intertwined, enmeshed family. Yeah, I and um, so Lini brings up the cheating, and this is so. This is where I'm saying they like just totally over exaggerate the drama in this thing. Like Azuelo is so not that guy, and Lini is like treating this whole situation like he's some like big player man who like broke his her sister's heart and cheated on her and I meanwhile he's crying again. he's ball i mean this and this is again where Does i said this guy ever stop crying he's not jay like why do you keep trying to make him jay he's dripping with sincerity he says i can do more than what you think of me right I mean, and he can so and so they work it out everything's fine because of course it is but Kalani thinks she's like judge, jury, and executioner. She's I like, know. Oh, better prove himself. But you it's know, like, to who you? But Kalani's made him that her that way. I I, is Lini older? I think she's younger. I, I think get the she's. She looks younger. She looks younger, but she's clearly more put together than Kalani. Like Kalani oh, no. is older, and like. Well, the fact that Kalani had to move in with her sister, and her sister has her own place and can stay here. Yeah, but maybe she really did just move in so that Kalani could help with the baby. Like, it may not have been. It could have been. I mean, maybe. I th- well, I don't Although know. Although now, apparently, Kalani's run through all of her savings just by staying in an Airbnb for three days, so. Right. That's what I'm saying. I just don't know. Okay. So now, do you have Le- Leda and Eric? I do. Okay. So now, they're heading into... Uh, walk-up apartment, and she refuses to carry her own bag. Oh, no, no, no. See, you missed it. This is where they went to the parents' apartment. Oh, my God. How did I miss that, like, entire segment? Yeah. So this is... Now they're heading to Baraboo yeah. with the family. Yeah. And they stop at... Eric rented her parents an apartment in Okay, down- I completely missed that. I don't know okay. how that happened. So they go to the racist capital of Wisconsin. Oh. <laughs> uh, Baraboo. I'm just kidding. Home of the Baraboo High School. Nazis. <sighs> um, Eric has rented her parents an apartment downtown so that they don't have to see his shitty apartment. Wow. And his family is there. It's like almost like a a like watered down version of Jay's surprise party. Wow. So I just totally missed this segment. I wonder yeah. if there was some weird TLC thing. His family's there to welcome Leda and her entire family to America. 
What it's the nice. fuck is Tanya doing there? Oh, but that's nice. I mean, if she's trying to say, yes, I approve and I'm supportive, I think that's good rather than like hanging out creepily in the background and not introducing herself. And I think I guess so, but like I... It cuts the tension. To just I feel like it, it would have been with. weird if like Chris, my husband, introduced me to his ex-wife and his parents at the same time. I guess maybe the timing could have been... Like, because she basically has been hanging out in this apartment with Jenica, their 11-year-old, and his dad and his stepmom, who look like they could be Eric's friends and not his parents. Wow. <laughs> um, and then Leda says it's it's weird for Eric to have a good relationship with his ex-wife, and she doesn't like it. And that's a very immature take. I think that the fact that they have a great relationship is wonderful, but I do think it's weird that she's there for this, like, welcoming of Leda and her entire family. I think Eric was trying to rip the Band-Aid off because he knew that there was going to be some tension. I guess so. And then Eric goes and sits, so Leda sits on the, there's nowhere else to sit because, like, her parents go and sit on the couch next to his parents and, you know, Alessandro's playing on the floor and then... Leda goes and sits next to Tanya, Mm -hmm. and then Eric sits next to Leda and is kind of like squeezing into this small couch, and she calls him a fat ass like three times. Oh my god! And it was so rude. And I know she was teasing, but like it's so unkind and in front of his family, her family, his ex-wife, the kids. Like it was crazy. That's atrocious. And then her parents talk about how. Like, the whole family, they're all talking. They're all sitting around. And her family actually hopes, they say that they hope Eric is going to be supportive of Leda becoming a medical doctor in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that that the dad says that he hopes that she can continue her education. And Well, he's a surgeon. Right. And Leda says that she is a doctor, but doctor, she's a general practitioner in mm-hmm. Jakarta, but they don't make that much money. And so she's... Oh, her dream has always been to come to the United States and become a medical doctor in the United States because they make more money. <laughs> See, actually, I have some doctor friends, and my understanding is doctors in the United States make a lot less money than people think that they do. It depends. As a general rule. Of course, I think it depends. I think if you are in private practice, you make a shit ton more money than you do if you work for, like, an HMO for like Kaiser or something. Private doctor, like as a like a general practitioner, you think they make a lot of money? Well, I know that anesthesiologists. Yeah, but that's different. Yeah, that's like a that's a very high earning specialty. Yeah, I don't know. I think general practitioners make. Well, let me think. Have I divorced any? <laughs> I think they can make more than four hundred grand a year. Oh well, that's a lot. I didn't think yeah. it was anywhere near that. But I think if they work for like Kaiser. There's like a, it's like limited. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my ex-boyfriend's dad was an OBGYN for Kaiser. Okay. Um, and his mom never worked. And they had this really nice house in Rancho Santa Fe. Okay. But I don't know what that means. I just, you know what? <laughs> I doubt any amount of money would be enough for Leda, especially given how hard oh, God, she no. to work. I mean, and then, oh, so then Leda, so Leda's talking about how she wants to be a doctor. But then she asks where Tasha and Tanil are, his other two daughters. Mm-hmm. And she is, um, because she's very disappointed and upset that they're not there to welcome her. Okay. After Eric explains to her that they're working and they couldn't get off work. And she's like, well, I'm, she tells us in a confessional that she's really upset that they're not there to welcome her. Oof. And I'm like, come on, they are like these 
and I feel like, look around, sister. Like, these are not wealthy people. The Tasha is paying half of Eric's rent. Like, she's got, the girl's got to work. Yeah. You better let her go to work. Um, so then they decide to leave, and they, this is the other thing that's so awkward and weird. Leda and Eric leave so that Eric can show Leda, because, I think Raina says something like, when is Leda going to get to see where she's going to live? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, right now, let's go to the apartment. So in a very big and obvious way, he takes just Leda to his apartment and leaves her whole family, the who is going to stay at that apartment, plus his stepdad and his mom and Tanya. Yeah, that's a weird. <laughs> it was weird. And then they'd like show Jenica and Alessandro playing or coloring or well, something on nice. the table, which was nice. It's just, it was very, very odd. Okay. So that's the end of that, that scene. And then segment. did you get the Colty and Larissa scene? Where they did what? So Larissa knows about the joint account. No, but, what the hell? Okay, so then there's a scene where Larissa knows about the joint account, but she feels that the only person to control a man's wallet is his wife. Okay, well, I'm going to have to tell my husband about that I one. I think we knew that she had that opinion. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still mad that I'm, like, missing segments here. I have to go back. Yeah, and then it says Larissa and thinks... Larissa, as well as the rest of America, think that Colt should cut the umbilical cord from his mother. <laughs> And uh, Debbie would just be like free falling, you know, that's not nice. I know. But I mean, there's so much more that we just don't know about this. And what we're finding out, the tidbits that it's either being produced or, you know, given to us this way, it just makes their relationship look really creepy. And yeah, you have to wonder what's really just going on. odd. And so Debbie. Oh, and this is where Debbie um, is in the car with Larissa. They're going to go pick up Colt. And um she asks, she says to Debbie, you know, oh, you take, uh, you take Colty to work. And she said, mm-hmm. yeah, I take him to work and pick him up every day. <laughs> and Larissa, Larissa says, oh, that's so cute. But she's thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> and so they get in the car and Colt's in the back seat and Larissa's in the front seat and Debbie's driving. And she asks him how his day is. And he's like, oh, it was really wonderful, which is a total lie. Nobody ever says that when they get out in the car after a day yeah. of working. Um, and they bring up the sofa and Colt agrees with Debbie that he'd really like to see this couch before they buy it. And Larissa's like, well, I wanted to be able to buy stuff without you know, having to show you and having to everything. And and then he says, yeah, but a couch is kind of like a big thing. It's a big yeah. purchase. It's not like buying a plant. That's where he makes the analogy and says, like, it's not like buying a plant. You're buying a couch. I'd like to have some input. I'd like to at least see it before we make the final decision. And so Laura's like, okay, whatever. And Debbie kind of does this little, like, smirk of, like, I win, I win. Ugh. It was just awkward. Okay, so then this is where... I had Ashley and Jay and Kalani and Azuelo. So now we go to Eric and Leda, and they're going to his apartment. Got it. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I have four things here. Okay. First, there's no elevator. So she's pissed because she's like, how the fuck am I going to get my stuff up the stairs? And so he's like annoyed and is like, I'll take your crap up the stairs. Yeah. So she's mad that there's no elevator. Two, it's totally disgusting. It is. It's I mean, this place mess. is a fucking pigsty. It's gross. They have dirty dishes. There's yeah. shit everywhere. Dirty clothes. 
And he blames Tasha. Which actually, I kind of believe him. I kind of do, but he doesn't seem all that surprised right. by the fact of the state of the apartment. So, so he either, probably should have warned her. Although he's not, so he's either not surprised that Tasha would trash the place or he's not surprised because it was already kind of shitty. He doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a neat freak. So I can imagine that this is probably the normal state of their apartment. And he probably did tell Tasha, try to clean up because we're coming and she's coming to see the place. And Tasha's probably like, fuck you. Well, we already know Tasha's yeah. totally not down for the situation. So I could see it just being like a passive aggressive dig. And Leda does take it personally. She's, she's pissed. Mad at Tasha. She's very angry. And then the, the last two things are the most disturbing. Yeah. So number one, he has a fucking twin bed. Yeah, what 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 was forty that? year old man with children has a fucking twin bed. You're not in the army anymore, bro. And was he in the army? Yeah, he's like yeah. a navy or marine guy or something. I don't know. But the thing is, like I can understand if you first like are moving out when you get newly divorced. Um, although maybe he, he is what, like you never want to date ever? he's newly divorced but it's like been two years or like a year and a half at least this was very jonathan except he's like way older and should have known better yeah you were having somebody come to your to live with you and he didn't even try to make the excuse that he was waiting for Leda to come no. he was just like we'll get a bigger bed when we can when we can get one and he thinks that they're gonna like sleep in that bed together she's, like, she's you're like you're fucking no. insane i would be too i'd be like are you kidding me? And then also, where is Alessandro going to sleep? There was like nothing for him. I thought, I was like, you guys need to get a bigger bed and give that twin to Alessandro. <laughs> that was, it was very concerning. I mean, it's it's really just, I don't want to sound privileged or spoiled, but to me, this is just not, it's not at the like minimum level that it needs to it's be. It's very inconsiderate. It's inconsiderate because he didn't prepare her. Yeah, he didn't prepare like her. if that's all you can afford, that's not the judgment here. I'm not judging you exactly. for not being he able to afford to a better, be bigger bed. I'm not judging you for not being able to afford a nicer apartment. Right. I am. What I am judging <laughs> is that you didn't ensure that it was clean because cleaning doesn't cost a ton of money. You just no. have to fucking pick up after yourself. And number two, that he didn't tell her, hey, I know that you're used to this luxurious lifestyle, but I want you to be fully prepared before you give up that life and come live with me. Like, I only have a twin bed. See? I mean, they video and she chat. she totally lied to, so I imagine that she was yeah, lied to. I imagine she was too. And then there's a fucking air couch. Oh, that I didn't even notice. Oh, my God. The air couch. She could barely sit in it. She, like, slipped off. And she starts crying. They go outside. Of course. She's, like, completely overwhelmed by how ill-equipped he is to handle this. And it's, it's like, on another level. I mean, Larissa should really look at Eric's place and be thanking her lucky stars that she ended up in Vegas with Colty. Yeah, I think Debbie, and his mom. Debbie of the Howling Wolf t-shirt is probably a significantly better roommate. Step up than Tasha. Tasha's Tasha lit sounds like it's going to be a nightmare. This whole situation, like, I was feeling her, like, total anxiety and, like, feeling so, like, what the fuck did I just do? I think that she's just going to leave. I mean, I Well, she says she to wants leave. to go back. I mean, I of course she, she does. Yeah, how I is she can how can he even begin to expect her to like want to stay there? It's too far beyond the pale. And and also, I think it would be one thing if she was like head over heels in love with him. But she's clearly not. But I don't see any connection between them. All she does is complain that she's like, "I'm just like a few years older than your oldest daughter." 
Like, that's weird. Yeah, this, this is, yeah. And she calls him a fat ass, and her parents are like, he looks old, and he has this shitty apartment, and his, he has this weird relationship she doesn't want to accept with his ex-wife. It's just a lot. It's all bad is what it is. There's, there's like, nothing there's positive. There's no silver lining. In she it. never says anything like, but I'm so in love with him because no. he's so kind to me or he's so wonderful or there's nothing. And he's not, by the way. I mean, when she gets no, upset, rightfully not. so, he just minimizes her feelings. He's like, oh, well. Because he's embarrassed and he should I be. Think he is embarrassed. So, speaking of dark, uh, now we head back to Stephen and Olga. Back to the Russian prison slash maternity hospital. And Stephen gets his permission to be in the room with Olga. Um, so he gets to be in the room with her and then the doctor comes in and says that she needs a planned cesarean section. Which, which isn't really what it is because she's already in labor. She's so. already in labor. It's like an emergency C-section. Well, it's called, it would technically, wouldn't it be called an emergency C-section if it's I not I think there's planned? actually a middle ground. Okay. Because they told me this because I ended up having C-sections and they were like, well, you can plan it. Or you can try labor, and then there was a name for if you have to have a C-section, okay. even though you've gone into labor. Or there was like a third one of like shit's gone awry, and right? And have, have to be wheeled yeah. immediately. So it also the, keep in mind there's a language translation, right? No, you're here, right, you're so. right. So she needs to get a cesarean section. The baby's head is too big, which I've actually never heard of that as being eleven centimeters. That's big. Is that big? I have no idea how my big kids. Head okay, is. so I think my kids. I remember Olivia having. A nine centimeter head at like three months, and she was in like the ninetieth percentile. Oh, jeez! I know. Like a giant so I was like, head. "Wow, that is really big." Um, but as someone who's had two C sections, I, you know, I understand that she's scared and everything going into it, but I would probably rather have a C section in this scary ass hospital than go through the trial of labor, and especially with an epidural. I have not had any C section, and I know. I was really, I, well, I had a terrible experience with my first daughter. It took forever. I was in, I was like pushing and for like four hours and they were like, we need to bring the vacuum in or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want that. No heavy machinery. And then one so of scary. the doctors that was on call came in and she's like, um, we might have to just do a cesarean if you, you know? And I was like, I'd really like that to be a last resort. Is there anything else we can do? And... She said, it doesn't cost more to get a cesarean. It's not going to cost you anymore. As if that was your only consideration. And I was like, get out of my room. I I was so offended. And I was like, fuck you, bitch. I don't give a shit about the money. I just would, that would be my last resort if that is where we're at. But anyway, so she has to have a cesarean. And the thing that was really the most disturbing about this is that she walked into the operating room. And actually, we have to take a quick break because our recording is about to run out of time. So we'll get right back into it. Sorry about that, guys. We were running out of uh, recording space. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was saying how aghast I am that she had to walk into the operating room. Well, there was that. And then also what, what I thought was weird was that, and this was kind of funny because he had, you know, clearly it had been six hours or whatever that it took to get him permission. And finally, he's involved. That was supposed to get him permission to go into the delivery room. And it's a completely different thing when you have an operating right. suite. And, and as I said, I've had both my kids be a C-section. And in both cases, and this kind of sucked, they take you away from your husband. Mm-hmm. And they take you into the operating room first, mm. the operating theater. And you have to go through the whole epidural process or spinal process 
without your husband. And I'm not really sure why, but they just like don't want the partners involved in that part. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's also in some ways the scariest part because it's mm-hmm. this like huge needle and it's, right. you know, um, you don't really know what it's going to do. And, and, and I got very, very nauseous, for example, with my first baby, the spinal, I reacted poorly to it. So it went way too high. Like mm-hmm. the numbness went too high up my body. It's supposed to stop at like L3 or something. It's supposed to stop kind of just around your chest level so that obviously you can't feel anything in your abdomen where they're doing all the incisions. <laughs> but mine went all the way up to, so that I could only, the only thing I could move was my eyes. Oh my gosh. So I couldn't speak. And it actually felt like I couldn't breathe because my diaphragm and my esophagus were completely numb. So I I spent about 20 minutes literally feeling like I was drowning. Oh my God. Like that feeling that you have when when you're holding your breath. That's how I felt for 20 minutes. And um, so for the second baby, they didn't give me a spinal, they gave me epidural, Mm -hmm. which actually takes a long time. They have to like do it very slowly and like titrate it. And they kept pricking me with things to test mm-hmm. my sensation. But I, I would take that over the spinal in a heartbeat, given what happened. But the point is, I was actually really surprised then that even though he'd gone through all this stuff, oh, yeah. that they let him in yeah, with was, her. Because it was even almost my like accepted. Go. Like, oh, okay, well, you're in now. It's like they were going to have him perform the surgery. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you just never know with this guy. It was weird. So um, now we go to Colty and Larissa. Mm-hmm. And they meet John and Leah, who we met before. This is Colt's only cousin in Vegas. Leah's wearing another, like, wraparound forehead. She really loves the hair accessories, the floral hair accessories. She has a crown. And now she's wearing what looks like something that um, Teresa Judice would put on her babies. Oh, yeah, The thick headband with the big flower. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I love Larissa's dress in this. I don't know if you remember it, but I love her dress. It's really pretty. Anyway, she says that, uh, oh, so they're talking, and, you know, John and Lee are still skeptical. And John's a shit kicker, man. He I is mean, a shit kicker. I mean, he just comes right in with the tough questions. And well, and he's, stage. because he states, he states the obvious. I mean, everybody's, we're all thinking it, and he's just saying it. I guess, but he shouldn't say it. I know, I mean, especially really poor Colt. I mean, like, it's just... They, you know, they ask how it's going and Colt's like, it's going good. And she's like, no, it's actually going not good at all. She says that Colt expresses love with sex. Right. Because he said, John asks, how do you guys express love? And she says, I express love. She's like, well, the way I express love is cleaning the house, doing laundry, taking care of him, making sure he's okay, like that kind of Which, stuff. Which, by the way, is she doing any of those things? Probably I, not, but that's unclear. what she's claiming. That That's how she shows love. And she's, but Colty only shows love. It's just sex. And he's so uncomfortable. And then she says in confession. <laughs> and Leah's that, face is like priceless. She's like, oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> Damn. She says in confessional in this like monotone that he has a great sex drive and that she sort of isn't the sexy Latina that he wanted. Like she's not down. Um, I think Colt just hasn't had a lot of sex in his 33 years. And he finally has somebody who's like semi willing to have sex with well, him. Well, he's kind of obligated to have sex with right. him. Right. And so he's like for the fr- he's like a 16 year old. This was such an awkward conversation. And, and it doesn't seem like in real life he's actually that close to the cousin. So it was... 
it was awkward and I think very produced and um, yeah and then she says that like he's so attached to her like yeah, she wants space she wants space he wants to do everything together and she's just kind of like get off my leg um but I think they're both kind of he probably does want to spend too much time with her but she probably doesn't want to spend any time with him. yeah and John really picks up on this disconnect. yes he, he says does. a lot of tough stuff he says you could always break this off cold he asks Larissa if she's just here for a green card, which I was kind of amazed. She responded very calmly to that question. And she responded very articulately, and it was a good response. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, he can always divorce me if it doesn't work out. There's no guarantee. Yeah, it just, just means I can live here with him as his yeah. wife, but like, he can divorce me and then I'm out of here. So that's kind of a good answer and a good response to the, like, you only want a green card. And then the cousin, though, in confessional, he says he thinks Colt is screwed. Yeah. That she's here for the high life. And then he says something that was very offensive to me personally. He said that Colt should, quote, enjoy the 90 days with her and then send her back to Brazil. Yeah. That was gross. He was it was basically totally saying gross. just, like, have as much sex with this chick as you could fit in in 90 days and then send her packing like she's... I mean... It, he was, it was as if she was less than human, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, like she was just chattel and that she was at this disadvantage because she's from another country, essentially, and she doesn't have full citizenship, etc. And I was just really, really, really disgusted by that. I, yeah, I could see that. I also saw it as like, almost like a negative, <laughs> like a, a negative to Colt. Like, it's clear this woman isn't into you. Because you're kind of this dopey, dorky guy. Yeah, it's so, insulting to Colt, too. Yeah, so just get what you can and then pass it off as a life event and move on. Because this is probably the only time he's going to get regular sex from a beautiful woman. Meanwhile, Larissa is like, I mean, again, she was sort of calm about it. All she says was that she found John to be rude, which is a real right. understatement. Colt then compares John to the cat. <laughs> I'm telling you, they are in every single thing. It's like, they okay, try Dr. to bring Doodle, them in. I not know. everything comes down to cat psychology. That's what I, I even wrote down, oh my God, stop with the cats. He's like, oh, maybe it's like the cats where it's going to take a few days to warm up to you. Which, by the way, that assumes facts, not in evidence that those cats have, in fact, warmed up to Larissa. Yeah, I know. Which I She mean, seemed to have know. a relationship with Baby Girl, though. Uh, the one that she called obese? <laughs> Oh my god, it's too much. All right, we're going to have to take another break yes. because Petey is not happy. Okay. All right, so now we go to John and Fernanda and they're going clubbing in Myrtle Beach. Right, because they want to reenact the entire vacation mode when they met. They met at a club and they like to go clubbing. And, and they like to get in fights in clubs. <laughs> well, my favorite thing is her description of the club music because she calls it punches, punches, punches. Which is like Jersey Shore. Yeah, punches, punches, punches. But we, it's so funny because we always call it uns, 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 uns yeah, music. So it's totally funny. Um, and they're going clubbing. Except she's underage, which, which makes it a very different experience than going in Mexico. It does make it a different experience. And John is kind of a dick. He's a dick because he's just sitting there taking shots. And he really should have met her where she was and had like... A sober, fun time. Right, especially if he's not going to sneak her drinks. Which it didn't look like he was doing. Although, maybe he did and they just didn't show Well, up. no, because she's like, no, I'm not drinking. I can't drink. And it didn't look like it. I mean, she was like stone sober. It and like he it, was yeah. getting trashed. Yep. And she finally is like, this is the last one. Like, this is not fun for me. Right. Um, and she says that he acts poorly when he's drunk, which I mean. Yeah, he makes do. bad decisions. And she's so annoyed. Um, and then she 
goes to the bathroom. They're like dancing and having a good time. And then she decides to go to the bathroom. And rather than like stand by the bar or out of the crowd, John is like still dancing by himself in the He's middle. He's dancing. He's sta- a combination of standing and dancing. I like that. I like that. He is dancing in the dance floor area, ripe for the picking. So, of course, some blonde girl comes up to him. Dances up And just him. starts, dan- like, moving her butt into him and, like, dancing on him. And he's trying to be kind and be like... He I, says no. He, he says, says no, I can't, no, I can't dance with you. I'm sorry, I have a, a fiancé. Um, you know, I can't. And she's like, what? Why not? What? See, I think she was trying to get on camera. I think it was just a total... Whatever like, it was, it didn't seem real. To I me. understood his perspective. Although, if I were him, knowing how crazy and sober that Fernando was, he shouldn't have put his hand on the girl's waist. I would have been like, "No, thank you," or turned around and walked just away. Just walk away. Just yeah. turn around and walk away. Like, why do you People have to? People do that in the club all the time. You of know? course it's like they dark do. And everyone's together, and someone who you don't want to dance yes. with kind of comes up on you. You, and just, you just turn around of, and you leave. Yeah, you just kind of end the interaction. Yeah. And then she flips out. It's very, it is not a good look. She, I think, throws a drink on the other girl who then throws a drink on her. I believe that was the order of operations. Yeah. And then Fernanda rightly gets mad at John. Or not, maybe not rightly, but she interprets the situation the way she's going to interpret it. And she runs out and they're yelling at each other outside the club and he's trying to explain that he told her no which he did he's right Mm -hmm. you know and she's just like fuck you like you're sitting here and i'm sober and you're drunk and you're dancing with some chick and you know he has to also understand she's also very like she's she's not like at a normal level playing field and just kind of sees this random thing happen like she's already been bombarded with like conversations with his friends and finding a thong yep and she's lonely and she's sad and then all of a sudden and this trip was supposed to solve everything yeah and now he's drunk and she can't drink and then she comes back and she sees his hand on this woman's hip regardless of the fact that he's telling her no it's just not a good look no and so she's pissed she's mad she gets to the car and, you know, he's, you know, she's, she, and she's like telling him like, I'm all alone here. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What's yeah, she's wrong not with really you? upset about this thing. No, she's this is just, this is the trigger. This, this is, is the whole the thing we talk about. Like where it's just a bunch of stuff that like accumulates and accumulates and accumulates and then it explodes. Although he also says that. This is very similar to a previous situation. I think he said it was the first time they ever went out to a club together in Mexico and that she supposedly, like, shoved a girl so hard that she went flying across the bar and Fernanda had to be, like, held back. That's, I think that's yeah. how he described no, it. No, I know. That's and pretty I, gnarly. I mean, she may have sort of been looking for an opportunity to be aggressive if that's sort of her. I think that she's a very stereotypical, fiery Latina. Yeah. Well, and I think she's that's got, how they're trying to portray her. Right. So. And she's got a temper or whatever. But... I, I just don't think that – I think they need to be more thoughtful about the situations they put themselves in. Yes. And he needs to be a lot more thoughtful well, in she's general. she's so young. She's 19. I mean, I got in stupid fights with my boyfriend like this when I was 19. Oh, of course I – I mean, please, for sure. And I wasn't even – I mean, and she, she also had the added bonus of being – sober when she's seeing him get increasingly drunk right which is frustrating which is annoying anyway i mean he shouldn't have done that i mean he really shouldn't have drank at all you know like no he should have been on her 
sort of team, you know, but I think that getting drunk was more important to him than kind of her happiness and her comfort. And yeah. Which I think is a theme. I thought it was weird, too, that she wanted the car keys. I was like, you guys drove there? And look how (laughs) hammered he's getting. I mean, I guess... Well, because she was going to be sober. Maybe she was supposed to be DD, but it's like she is from Mexico. Does she have a license that she can actually use here? Like, how does this work? So I was a little bit taken aback when I realized that they had driven. It's like, I'm sure Uber, there's Uber in Myrtle Beach. And she wasn't sitting in the driver's seat. Not when she, he went to sort of chase her down. And then, by the way, the cops are supposedly showing up. And, you know, I wouldn't put it past TLC to have just, like, have duped that sound in. And then they just start the next episode and pretend it never happened. Right. You know, just to, like, <laughs> keep people Because why would know? there be a cop? And, then, you know, they're not actually having some knockdown drag out. They're fight. not. They're just arguing. You're allowed to argue. And she threw her drink. And then the security guys t- threw her out. Oh, did they? Yeah, this, there was a security oh, yeah, guard yeah, there. So right. they got kicked out, which is appropriate, and nobody got hurt, and nothing happened. There's yeah. no reason why no. they would have brought in the cops. Although, I guess technically, you're, it is illegal to throw a drink in someone's face, right? I know, but really, I think those well, cops Well, the other girl, have, I think, also threw a drink in her face. Yeah, I think so. they have more important things to worry about than some girls getting in a little cat fight. I don't know how many high crimes and misdemeanors there are going on in Myrtle Beach on a Tuesday night. It's true. They could just be bored. I don't know. I think it's not really a thing. I think he was just more nervous because of her status and the whole thing. Like, well, there is concern there, right? Like, Oh, for sure. I wonder what happens if you are on a, a visa, really of any kind, and you get into legal trouble. Like, they make this huge deal in Before the 90 Days about John right. in England. Now, that was violent crime that he was convicted of or pled guilty to or whatever. So it's very different than but I think a if drink, you But I think if you commit a crime... On a visa, right. for sh- wouldn't you just get sent back? Well, I guess I don't know. we'll find. It. Wait, so is Larissa? Or La- well, I guess it would mean that Larissa and Colt are married because, because she got it's arrested, been more than 90 days. and yeah. she got arrested. But then she still, I think, after you get married, I think you're still here on a visa because they don't immediately get their green card. Do no, they? but I think it's more like a uh, procedural. Like it's yeah. just the, the logistics. Like you uh, get it cuz you're married and you were on this 90 have day. Maybe a stronger status than you did as yeah, a fiance. As before you were married, but okay. now that you're like legally married. But they have to be married because it has to have been more than 90 days today since the day oh, she yeah, landed. Yeah. It has to be, right? Yeah. Otherwise she would get I would oh, think I that they would just that. deport you and be like, "Hey, if you can't behave, when you're not even a citizen. Look at Joe Judice. He's getting deported. And yeah. Yeah. Cautionary tale. Totally. Although he's, he's a appealing. He's a cautionary tale on a lot of other levels. He's appealing. Do you think he'll let, he'll win his appeal? No. You think he'll they'll just deport I think him? He'll, because what are his grounds? You know, like yeah, mm-hmm. okay, you have a wife and kids here, but they can go with you to Italy, and he, but they're not he going committed, to. I know, but I mean, I think that the way I would think of it at is sort of there being two sides to the ledger here. You know, like, what does he bring to the country? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, what, what would they, what would be on that side of the ledger? Of well, the, I think the side would be that his entire family is here. Like, he but doesn't again, have they, any family but there. But they can move with him. But think of how traumatizing that's going to be for a senior in high school. Yeah. Well, and, or and, she, and she's going to be in college. I mean, yeah, but that's four people and a wife to take to a new country where you don't know anybody and you haven't lived. I know, but he committed a felony. Like he no, has no, forfeit his. I and so did the wife, by the way. No, I know, but she's a citizen. She can't be deported. Um, I just don't think. I don't think that there's anything that's going to compel an appeals court to 
And also, we don't know what the standard of review is. No, I don't know. So, so it could, it's possible. It could be that it's not even enough. It, and it, you know, it could why be didn't not he become a citizen? Why? Oh, I think it, I'm guessing that it was just a pure oversight. Like he didn't feel like sitting for that test, or oh, yeah. he didn't feel like doing the paperwork. I mean, just the nature of his crime was sort of one of cutting corners. Right. right? No, I know. So. All right. Um, well. Anyway, by the way, new season of Jersey started. Real Housewives of oh, New I know. Jersey. I am watching. I, um, I watched the last episode. And then what else? Orange County's finishing. Thank God. I wonder if you and I will end up doing Housewives breakdowns too. Maybe we should tack on just like a little discussion, like a short discussion of yeah. what's going on. If we have Maybe time. we'll do bonus episodes. Yeah, like bonus episodes of just like discussions of current Housewives or something like that. That yeah. could be fun. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you soon for... Either a retro episode um, of Before the 90 Days, or we'll see you next week for 90 Day Fiance. Fiance. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.